Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. In all my years assisting business owners with the Hubbard management system, as a consultant, as a trainer of consultants, ultimately as the initiator of over 100 groups that assist others using this technology, a universal problem arises again and again. Implementation. We've all watched the seminar junkie who never misses an opportunity to attend a seminar or webinar, but yet can't seem to apply what he is supposed to have learned or she is supposed to have learned. I don't mean to be derogatory to these individuals, by the way, as they have the overwhelming plus point of a reach to learn, which is light years ahead of the guy who believes there is nothing to learn. But there has to be a common bug here on the subject of implementation for it to come up again and again with entrepreneurs, with companies of every shape and size under the sun. So I want you to do this little drill. It might be interesting for you. Take a piece of paper and draw a large circle on it to reflect all the data that could be known, shall we say, about management and administration. Did you do that? We could consider this um, an almost limitless amount of information, I suppose, but this is a practical exercise, so just make a guesstimate at it. You're drawing a circle that represents the data that could be known about the subject of administration and management. Now draw another circle inside that circle to promote everything you have studied and learned of all that uh, almost limitless knowledge symbolized by the big circle. So you got your big circle, and you can draw another circle inside that, which is your guesstimate of your relative uh, knowledge of all these laws, principles, and technology. Okay. Next, I want you to draw another circle inside the second circle that shows how much of that knowledge that you have studied are you actually using in your business or even in your life, for that matter, considering most of this knowledge as application to all aspects of living. So you've got the big circle, which is all the knowledge there is, the circle inside, which is what you know of that knowledge, and then the circle inside that circle is of the knowledge you know, what are you actually using or, or implementing? Okay, good. Did you do that? Now, how does that look to you? Now, happily, you don't have to show the sketch to anyone, so you can be as honest as you want, but chances are strong that there are quite some discrepancies between the sizes of those circles, isn't there? Okay, so now here is what we have just represented. That large circle, the first circle of possible knowledge, is made up of solutions that work. They build and expand organizations and groups. One thing that's for sure, outside of that circle, there is unquestionably an infinity of, quote, solutions, end quote, that don't work. That, for sure, is limitless. There's literally an infinity of ways to do things wrong. Codified and written up, as Mr. Hubbard has done with the Hubbard Management System, you come up with what's inside that circle, and these are what are known as standard, quote, standard, end quote, solutions. Standard means, per Mr. Webster, and a definition oft repeated by Mr. Hubbard, quote, standard means a definite level 
or degree of quality that is proper and adequate for a specific purpose. That's from Webster's Third New International Dictionary, unabridged. Okay, so you have a standard solution. It has been devised over time to solve problems groups face as they grow, or forward expansion and prosperity for groups, and are based on fundamental laws to life and livingness. And so these are of a definite level or degree of quality that is proper and adequate for a specific purpose. And you use these solutions over and over again to achieve success. To give you an example, we could take the subject of, quote, goodwill, end quote, as it is defined by Mr. Hubbard. He defines it as, quote, the reputation an organization has with its publics for integrity, good service, prompt bills paying, high quality delivery, friendliness, etc., end quote. Now, I invite you to leave out any of the above components in the definition and see what happens to your goodwill. It's going to drop. It's going to drop as surely as the apple will drop on Newton's head if you let it out of your grip. So, these are standard laws and applications, and the know-how of application is what we refer to as, quote, technology, end quote, which means, as defined by Mr. Hubbard, quote, the methods of application of an art or science as opposed to mere knowledge of the science or art itself, end quote. So technology, study of techne, techne is a Greek word, logos is a, uh, a Greek word, obviously, meaning study, techne is art. So it's a study of art, the application of something, the art of use of such a, a subject is its technology, a very old word, uh, ancient word, actually existing long before computers and and smartphones, okay? So when we say technology, we're talking about applied knowledge. Okay, so these standard solutions fit in that first big circle. And you know some of them, but you probably don't know all of them, and neither do I. Some of these standard solutions, though, fit in the second circle. We kind of do know these solutions, or at least we quote know and quote them, but we don't use all of them. The ones we use are in the third circle which is probably the smallest one in your diagram. All good so far? But here's the problem. If you run into a situation with regards to your group in your efforts to prosper and expand, and the standard solution exists in the first and second circles, but not in the third one, in other words, you do not have or use the standard solution because it does not exist in that little circle in the middle of what you actually know and apply, then what you're going to end up using is going to be not in the second circle, not in the first circle. It's going to be in that infinite space of wrong solutions that exists outside the largest circle. Oh my God. You see what I mean? And that is going to create to a larger or lesser degree problems for you and your business. Have you ever, quote, solved a problem? End quote, only to discover later that your solution actually became another problem later, maybe even a worse one. I bet you have. Okay, so we have an embracive term in the Hubbard Management System, which we mentioned before in an earlier episode. I think it was episode one of this current volume, volume two, and that is the term, quote, squirrel, end quote, which means an instance of altering something or indulging in offbeat practices. And offbeat means not conforming to the usual way of doing things. Strange. 
So we get into these strange, unusual, non-standard solutions, quote, squirrel, end quote, solutions, and we just get into more and more trouble. This doesn't just apply to management. It applies to baking a cake. There is a technology. There's a know-how. It all exists within a certain circle of knowledge, and you use that. If you know it, you use it and can apply it. Then you end up with a good cake, and if you don't, you do weird squirrel things, and it ends up being a non-optimum cake. It's maybe even inedible. Who knows? It's certainly not going to look very good. And so you are not getting your standard result because you're not using your standard process or procedure or technology as we are using this term here. Okay? Same thing with management. Same thing with your business. So we get into these, you know, because we don't have the standard solutions, we borrow money, we hire quote, specialists, end quote, who we, we lengthen our work days longer and longer till we have divorce papers sitting in our chair one day when we get home or we turn around and our six-year-old son is suddenly asking for the car keys and you notice he's just about as tall as you are. How come? We, l- we learned all this stuff. Why are we not using it? How come we still don't have an organizing board, for instance? We still don't have our statistics worked out and graphed. Never mind follow the formulas we should be applying to raise them. We still can't seem to hire, train, and keep good staff. We still don't survey before we promote, etc., etc., etc. Okay, so that's what this episode's all about. So let's dig into this. Here we go. Okay, so the reference we're going to take this from, we've uh, visited this reference before, but we never completed all of it. It's an article, 25 January 1971, entitled Squirrel Admin. You now know what squirrel means. Admin is short for administration. Mr. Hubbard says this. He says, the difference between a successfully viable organization with cheerful and cared for staff and a limping scene is standard and squirrel administration. If standard admin is successful, then why is it sometimes not used? First, the data has to exist, be available, and known. So here's your first factor. You need to have the data known, has to exist, has to be available. Uh, when we promote the model of admin know-how program with our WISE membership, we insist as one of their points to have the model of admin know-how library, which is a complete reference set of Mr. Hubbard's works in a secular, non-religious format. It's called the Hubbard College of Administration reference set. And uh, if you don't have a copy of it, it's a, it's actually, a, I think it's 12 or 14 volumes. You can let us know at info at wiseeastus.org and we'll set you up to get one. But um, sometimes the members get this as their last point. It really should be the first point. If you're going to put in the Hubbard Management System, make sure you have access to the Hubbard Management System data. Otherwise, what are you implementing? It helps to listen to podcasts, of course, and webinars and speakers and seminars and so forth. But you need the, the actual source references available and at your fingertips if you're going to really get anywhere with this. That would be probably one of the simplest targets to hit in terms of implementation is, first of all, to have it available. So, again, first the data, I, I quote from Mr. Hubbard, first the data has to exist, be available, and known. I quote Mr. Hubbard here. Next, the data has to be used. At first glance, this may seem so clear-cut that it cannot go wrong but one must look a bit further. 
One is dealing with a variable called man. One is working in a world full of noise and conflict. End quote. Have you noticed this? <laughs> what a chaotic environment we're in. It's full of distractions. It's full of uh, obstacles, noise, conflict. You practically have to be a saint not to be dissuaded sometimes from your targets and from what you know you should be doing because it's just so darn noisy and random out there. But nonetheless, he goes on to say this. Very important datum, by the way. Quote, certain personalities do not want the group or the organization to succeed. Now that is a very important datum and one that you have to get comfortable with. Not everybody wants everything to go right. If that wasn't the case, why do we have so much going wrong? Okay, in our society, in our businesses, uh, in families, even things go wrong and they are made to go wrong. And the people who make those things go wrong uh, don't want the group organization to succeed. It is a psychosis. Psychosis is not very understandable. You may not understand it. Just know that it exists. You don't understand why people act as they do. They act the way they do because it's psychotic. It's not understandable. Mr. Arrow goes on to say this, This problem has been so great amongst men that every historical culture, each one an organization, has died. About 10 to 20% of mankind at a broad guess fit into this category. So that's 2 out of 10, okay, at a broad guess from Mr. Hubbard, fit in this psychotic category. Okay, in this universe, it is easier to destroy than to construct, yet the survival of life forms depends on construction. To overcome this, man has developed technology and the cooperative effort known as organization. The forces of the physical universe can be channeled and used only with technology. That datum bears repeating. The forces of the physical universe can be channeled and used only with technology. You see a tremendous amount of force in the physical universe. You know, thunder, bolt, and wind, and water, rushing, and waterfalls. Lots of energy, lots of power, but it can only be channeled with technology. Remember that word. Standard processes, standard understanding of the way things work, and then utilizing that to get something done. Okay, so the forces of the physical universe can be channeled and used only with technology. The forces inherent in life forms can succeed only when channeled and aligned with one another. Let me repeat that. The forces inherent in life forms can succeed only when channeled and aligned with one another. You want to make an experiment? Take a group of people and say, clean the room or clear out the room, and you will see chaos as everybody sort of works against each other. They need to be aligned. It would take forever. to. You probably would never even get it done. Have a group of 25 people. Don't do any organization. Don't channel them. Don't align them. Don't give them respective responsibilities. Just tell them to clean the room. That room will probably never get cleaned. Okay? It'll just be chaos. goes on to say this. Therefore, to succeed, a group must have the technology uses available and known to it, and then use it. From this one obtains the agreement and alignment necessary to generate the group action and production which brings about success. Don't try and do it without a technology of management administration. You will not succeed. You will either evolve it to some extent, or you will study it, learn it, 
and use it. But you better use it. You can study it. But there is a point where you have to start using it. Okay, the next section is entitled Non-Confront. Hmm. Goes on to say this. When a group member has the data, the bar to his using it would be his own disagreement with the group succeeding or, more frequently, his inability to confront things. So there you have it. You're either going to have a psychosis going on, or, which is about 2 out of 10, or there's just, more frequently, his inability to confront things. Okay, uh, let's take a look at um, goodwill. That's the example we used earlier. A uh, business owner goes to a seminar, and he learns the value and importance of goodwill. And he realizes uh, from the seminar that goodwill is made up of certain things. He learns that the definition of goodwill is, quote, the reputation an organization has with its publics for integrity, good service, prompt bills paying, high quality delivery, friendliness, etc. End quote. So then he goes back to his office and uh, he has a meeting with all of his staff and he goes, oh my God, I just learned about goodwill. So from now on, we're going to make a little checklist and uh, we're going to make sure we do it, deliver everything with integrity, good service, et cetera, et cetera, and friendliness. And there is the um, office manager, perhaps, or one of the staff sitting there with a grim frown on his or her face and uh, over in the corner somewhere. And he's making this delivery and he goes, oh no, there's Jones, and he's obviously not in agreement with what we're just talking about here. And, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to try and deal with Jones. And so he, uh, you know, a day or two later, he's observing Jones as being uh, unfriendly to one of the other staff or maybe a, one of the customers. And uh, he takes it up with Jones, and Jones kind of shrugs and looks at him funny and makes some comment and sort of walks off. and And then, you know. Uh, business owner can't really confront this. He's not seeing that he's got a real issue there that's going to violate the very definition of this asset he's trying to develop called goodwill. But he doesn't do anything about it. Why? He can't confront Jones. Okay. Eventually everything goes back to the way it was. You know, he gets on a little integrity campaign and then somebody violates that and he can't confront that. And, you know, there's some, uh, problems with service and now he's got to step in and handle it and which is what he was doing before but his whole campaign for good service that goes out the window and his whole goodwill program died in the period of two or three months why lack of confront but that one example he's not applying the standard solutions he's now doing something else he said well you know i'll just avoid that guy or i'll just leave him be and let him do his thing or he comes up with some kind of unusual solution or i'll just step in every time we make it you know we screw something up i'll just handle it myself you know that's why i've always done it for the last 20 years and you know that was a great campaign it was a great idea i learned something from that seminar but it's not really practical in the real world. We all know that I'm the only one who can fix these problems and et cetera, et cetera. Unusual solutions, squirrel solutions, squirrel administration. He's not putting his organization there. He's doing something else. So to go back to the article, Mr. Hubbard says, in backing off, he thinks of some non-confront, non-standard, quote, solution, end quote, such as firing them. So, you know, then he solves everything by just firing everybody. That's my good old-fashioned solution. That's what I'm going to use. He has become a squirrel administrator. So here's an example, and this is from Mr. Hubbard from the article. He says, example, 
The plant machinery is in bad shape. It is deteriorating to such an extent that it soon will cease to run. The mechanics plead for money to repair. The plant manager, unfortunately, cannot confront machinery. He not only, quote, doesn't know about it, end quote, but it frightens him. He does not financially plan its full repair on a gradient back to an ideal scene. He simply dreams up the vague hope a new type will be invented. He does nothing. The machinery now costs more to run than it produces. The plant fails. The plant manager was a squirrel administrator. So there's an example from Mr. Hubbard. Goes on to say this. So we have various causes of failure. One, a secret desire to destroy. We're back to the psychosis. You're going to have a percentage of that. And you better have your confront in on that because once you've detected it, you have to handle it. Okay. Two, the non-existence of technology. Sure, if you don't learn anything, if you don't acquire anything, if you think you're going to invent all the knowledge in the world on your own, there's going to be a non-existence of management or administrative technology. And therefore, you're not going to arrive at standard solutions. Three, non-availability of the technology. Yeah, sure, the technology exists, but we don't bother to buy the books that have the knowledge. We don't bother to take any courses. We don't bother to train our employees on any of these standard solutions. They're all supposed to pick it up because, uh, I don't know, osmosis, because I gave them a funny look. They're supposed to instantly duplicate what it means to do uh, the standard action. You know, I don't know. I, I see the craziest things. The the unwillingness to train employees is about the dumbest thing I have ever seen a person do with regards to a business. Because, And then they say, well, you know, I just can't ever seem to get out of my business. I can't seem to be able to get anybody I trust or get anybody to take any responsibility or to control or take care of anything. I have to do everything. Yeah, put it together, man. You got to train your people. I think I said this in an earlier podcast, but we used to kid around and say, look, you know, I don't train all my employees because then they'll just leave. Well, that's better than not training your employees and having them stay. That was our retort for that one. You know, having a bunch of untrained people is not to drive anybody crazy. Okay, number four, ignorance of the technology even when available. Okay, so now the technology is available, but people are ignorant. They're not trained on it. Uh, but once trained on it, there's still number five. Five, failure to apply the technology even when available and known because a being cannot or does not confront the people or the portions of the physical universe concerned. There is your reason. Once you've studied the stuff, you have it available, but you're still not using it. It's an indication of a lack of confront of the people or the portions of the physical universe concerned. Okay, Mr. Shepard goes on to say, the existence of any of these things brings a group towards squirrel administration. See, so the guy doesn't use the standard solution. He's going to pull from the infinite bag of squirrel solutions or unusual solutions. And then he gives you these uh, last couple of paragraphs, really incredible. Listen to this. Natural cataclysms or political or social catastrophes or upheavals are the other two points which can bring about a failure. But even these can be planned for and to some degree handled. The future possibility of these must also be confronted in order to be circumvented. I know you want me to read that again, so I'm going to. Natural cataclysms or political or social catastrophes or upheavals are the other two points which can bring about a failure. 
But even these can be planned for and to some degree handled. The future possibility of these must also be confronted in order to be circumvented. Yeah, things can get crazy out there. Confront it and you will start to handle it. Okay. Finally, any successful organization will be fought by the society's fancied rulers or enemies. This is something which should be taken in stride. The ability to confront these discloses that standard administrative actions exist for these two. Give that to you again. The ability to confront these discloses that standard administrative actions exist for these two. Not one hovered. So you have, believe it or not, even in the face of attacks, even in the face of infiltration and industrial sabotage and all the various things that go on, there is technology for handling these things. Okay, you need to know that it exists, uh, get your hands on that stuff, study it, and then uh, bring up your level of confront enough to start implementing it. Uh, I do want to say there is a little bit more to this reference we haven't gone over. That is going to be the next part, part two of uh, solving the implementation problem. In an upcoming episode, I am going to revisit this problem of implementation. Uh, more or less, we have outlined the problem, and it boils down to confront. That, just recognizing that problem, will beget solutions. But there is a very, very standard solution I am going to teach you in the next, uh, from Mr. Hubbard, and I'm going to teach that to you in uh, probably the next episode that we do. And that'll be part two. But now you have it. Now you know why there's a barrier between uh, study and learning and actual implementation and that, impl and that barrier uh, either exists because of a psychosis or it could exist because uh, a lack of the knowledge to begin with or a lack of access to the knowledge, any of those five points, and fundamentally a lack of confront. Okay, well, thank you for listening. That's it for this week's episode. And uh, please give us your comments, thumbs up. Um, write us at info at We certainly love hearing from you, as I've mentioned before. And we do get a lot of emails. I don't mind getting more. It's great to hear from uh, the members. So write us and let us know how you're getting along and we'll help you uh, in every way that we can. That's it for now. Talk to you next week.